0: Good morning. Good morning. Come on, let's give Jesus a praise now. Is that all right? Come on. Don't you love it? We are so honored to be here with you guys this morning at Vibrant Church. Don't you love your church? What an amazing church. And uh, let me just let me just say this. Uh, you can be seated just for a second, but let me say this, uh, we follow what God is doing here at Vibrant Church. And not only do we follow, but so many other churches follow what God is doing here. The vision that God has given your pastors and what a impact you guys are making around the world and in this nation, I'm here to let you know what God is doing at Vibrant Church is is making an influence in other churches around the nation. But I just wanna take a moment. I just want to take one moment and say this. I so appreciate you, uh, you honoring me uh, to be here. I feel very humble uh, to be here with you today. Uh, but the reality is, I'm getting on a plane tomorrow, and I'm leaving. And uh, and and sometimes, I, you know, you go to churches and you see uh, you see people honor a guest more than they honor the shepherds that are staying here. And as much as I appreciate you honoring me, I'm going to be gone and i think we need to take a moment and honor your amazing pastors pastor ethan and pastor lena would you would you help me honor them people who have committed their life to be here and serve you thank god for them thank god for them i always say that pastors are god's gift to the church the church is god's gift to the world so next time Next time somebody says, well who do you think you are, God's gift to the world? Say, well actually I do think I'm God's gift to the world, but God has given you amazing pastors and every morning you ought to wake up and blow God a kiss and thank him for him. And uh, we're just so honored to be here with you today. I do have my amazing wife with me and she's gonna be speaking with me this afternoon at five o'clock. And uh, baby, would you just stand up and just wave at everybody? She is my baby's mama. Uh, but I'm just thrilled uh, to be here with you guys today. We did bring, uh, this is our our, our new book out called uh, Raising Parents, and I'm gonna uh, just kinda hit the highlights on that today, and we're gonna take a deeper dive uh, this afternoon. I did not bring enough for everybody, uh, but afterwards, they'll be out uh, in the lobby, and my wife and I would love to just sign that for you if you want, and we'd love to write a prophetic word in there for you and your family, uh, but that's available. Afterwards, we also brought our study guide uh, that's there, and then we, we're we really proud of this. We have, uh, and we, we got approved to go on Shark Tank, so we're really excited about this too. Uh, but we started America's First, uh, an online platform that teaches students how to use a cell phone in a safe and responsible way before they get it. How many parents know we need that? And so um, I've told them to make that available too in the lobby, but all the proceeds of this goes to feed kids, eight of them actually, goes to feed eight children and uh, so that we can we can keep feeding them, and so it's a, it's, it's a real blessing. Um, uh, but let's just jump in here today. Let's start with prayer. So Father, thank you for this amazing opportunity. Bless every parent, God, that is in this house today. Uh, bless every person, Lord, that's under the sound of my voice, those that are watching online. Let your grace fill this room. And Lord, let our hearts be moldable and pliable in your presence, in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Come on, let's give the Lord praise one more time, just one more time. So like I said, I'm gonna take a deeper dive into this uh, this afternoon so you're not gonna want to miss that and then you're gonna get a chance to hear from my amazing bride, who we've been married now going on 18 years, she's still, I'm wrong, I messed that up. Jeez, 19 years, yeah, 19 years. And uh, she's, she's still sticking with me, so. I told her if she leaves, I'm going with her. You know, because uh, one, I couldn't su- afford the child support. If she left me for somebody else, I'd have to move in with them. You know, because I can't. So I'm, 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 I'm kind of stuck here. But if, if you have kids at home, you, you you wish you had kids at home, or or you had kids, you have kids at home that you wish would leave home. Uh, uh, today is for you. I had a guy come to me. Uh, I was doing a parenting conference the other week, and he said, you know, we've got grown kids at home, and we're trying to figure out how to get them out of the house, and. Do you have any advice for that? I said, well, we're not there yet, uh, but the best advice I've heard, uh, and again, I haven't done this, you know, we're not there yet, but the best advice I've heard is maybe just try walking around the house naked, and they'll leave, <laughs> I think they'll leave today. You know, They'll be like, I'm packing my bags, I can't take it. So I don't know, that's some advice. See if it works for you. Um, we'll see how it goes. but. Um, We're gonna teach you some of the things that we've learned, it's not everything you need to learn. We're gonna teach you some of the things that we know, it is by no means everything you need to know. Uh, We're gonna empty our glass, but just because we emptied our glass doesn't mean it filled yours. And I just want you to know you and you alone are the one that has the anointing and the authority to raise the children that God gave you. You have the authority and the anointing to raise the children that God has given you. You can do it. God trusted you with those amazing children. He's trusted us with eight children. I think they have a picture of them. They'll they can put on the screen possibly. We have eight children. There they are. So we have the oldest is 17, uh, and then we let's see, uh, 14, 12, 10. Uh, seven, eight. My baby girl Liliana's five, and then the twins are two years. We're going to learn their names next, but that's their ages. <laughs> and uh, but she's going to heaven no matter what. And uh, you know, sometimes when you, you write something on a subject or you teach on a subject, people think you're an expert on that. You know everything there is to know. And just let me uh, be forthright to tell you, we are not uh, the experts on this. We do not know all there is to know. We are still in that process with you of learning and becoming everything that God has called us to be as parents. But hopefully today, something is said that ignites the conversation around the dinner table. Something ignites the conversation on the ride home to get parents talking about it, discussing it, bringing it up and saying let's engage and let's, let's talk about how we can be the parents that God has called us to be. You know, Joanne and I had not been married very long at all and we made a decision to get uh, our, our first dog, which was a huge mistake, but we decided to get this dog nonetheless. And I said, well, I don't want the dog, you know, using the restroom in, in, in the house and, and chewing up everything, so we need to get the dog trained. So we sent the dog to training. The dog was away for weeks of training. They finally called us and said, the dog has gone through the training. We're ready for you to pick the dog up, but before you do, we need you guys to come in for training. And I said, no, just train the dog. They said, no, we have to train you. Because if we train the dog and don't train you, you will destroy all the training that we've taught the dog. So they wanted us to come in for two days of training. Two days, eight hours each. 16 hours of training for a dog. And I said to her, I said, you know, if we need 16 hours of training for a dog, you know we need training when it comes to, ha- to raising children. You know, everybody knows how to parent till they're a parent. Everybody knows how to parent to their parent. I listen to people talk about their parents and what they didn't do right, and I think, you wait till your kids grow up. And they have comments and suggestions, but everybody knows how to do it. It's like, well, I was a kid once, how hard can it be? You know, it's like saying I had surgery once, I, I can operate on people. We, and the challenge with parenting is most people, um, unfortunately, wing it when it comes to parenting. And parenting really is the most difficult, if not the most challenging thing that you will ever do in your life. Where's my parents at in here? Just wave at me. Lord, double and triple their sleep, all of them. But it is very challenging and, and, and we tend to wing it and the, that's why some of us are messed up because our parents winged it with us. And when it comes to parenting, you don't wanna wing it. You wanna get all the wisdom, all the knowledge that you can possibly get. Proverbs 4 and 5 says, get wisdom. Everybody say, get wisdom. wisdom. It says, get an understanding. We need wisdom, not just knowledge. You can read up knowledge, but if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. So wisdom is how do I apply the knowledge that I have read or I've gathered? I I don't wanna just have a bunch of knowledge. You can have more degrees in a thermometer and it doesn't help you at all because you don't know how to apply the knowledge that you have. We need God's wisdom. Proverbs 22 and six, very famous verse says, train up a child in the way that they should go that when they are they will not depart from it. How many of you have heard that verse before, right? Very, Very famous verse. So train up a child in the way they should go that when they're old, they won't depart. It says something about the beginning, it says something about the end, it says nothing about the messy middle. How many of you ever messed up in the middle? But the reality, many of you are back in God's house today, you messed up in the middle, but what was invested into you as a child has now brought you back in God's house because God's word is true. Come on, can we just celebrate all those people who invested into us as a child? Those that are serving in kids' ministry right now, thank God for Cousin Isabel and Big Mama and all those people who taught us the word of God in Sunday school and the little felt figures. Anybody remember the little felt boards? Train up a child. And here it is parents, it takes you, it takes you. It takes us to get involved. One of the things it says on our book on the back is that this book is not for lazy parents. It's not for lazy parents. And Jesus over and over included people in the miracle. Whether it was the boy with the five loaves and two fish, whether it was uh, the lame man by the pool of Bethesda, whether it was the, uh, the 10 lepers, he included people in their miracle because it is a participation with him. It takes you. What are you saying, Pastor Jonathan? I'm saying we have to stop outsourcing parenting. Well, I'm not, I, I don't really like to teach them this, so you teach them that, and you teach them math, and you teach them sports, and you teach them this, and you teach them the Bible. I bring them to church once every four, six weeks, and you teach them that, and, and if, they, if they're not good with the Bible, then I'm leaving that church and going to another church, and I'm leaving that youth group, and I'm leaving this, and I'm going to that. And how about we take responsibility for the children that God has given us it takes us, there's a very, very famous story uh, in uh, the New Testament where uh, the, the disciples are with Jesus and uh, this father has a son who's possessed uh, by demon spirits and he's literally uh, throwing himself in the fire. This, this teenage boy, he's thrown himself in the fire, he's tried to kill himself multiple ways. Suicide is the third leading cause of death amongst teenagers in our state. Where's all my grandparents at? If you're a grandparent, would you just raise your hand? Would you just stand up? If you're a grandparent, would you just stand up real quick, just for a moment? Look at all these amazing grandparents in the room. Just look at all these amazing grandparents. Did you know, just just remain standing, just remain standing if you're a grandparent. Did you know that it is a statistical fact that if a teenager has a healthy relationship with a grandparent, they have almost a zero percent chance of suicide. Wow. Wow. Because grandparents are unconditional love. That's why when you get them back from their grandparents, you have to re-educate them. <laughs> because grandparents are unconditional love. What are you saying? I'm saying maybe our kids don't need more medication. Maybe what they need is a healthier relationship with their grandparent. <laughs> and I just wanna, if, if you're anywhere just remotely around them, would you just stretch forth your hand to one of those lovely grandparents that are standing, and I just wanna prophesy over you. So Lord, I just prophesy over every grandparent that is, that is standing, Lord, those that are, are watching online, and I just speak, God, that their words, I prophesy that their words would carry more weight in the lives of their children and their grandchildren. God, that when they speak, they would literally create destinies for future generations. I take authority of the enemy that t- has told them that their best days are behind them. I prophesy that the best days of their life are in front of them, not behind them. I speak life into them, I speak strength into them, I speak healing into them, and I prophesy that all of their children, all of their grandchildren, and all of their great-grandchildren will spend eternity in heaven with them in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe it, give God a big praise. You can be seated. Raise the value you place on your grandparents. Raise the value of their voice. And this this young boy is uh, literally possessed by the enemy and it's caused him not to be able to hear or speak. Not to be able to hear or speak. And he's literally trying to take his life over and over and the father brings him uh, to the disciples. They couldn't do anything with him and then he finally uh, sees Jesus, and Jesus makes a statement, I could preach a whole sermon on this one statement. Jesus says, bring the boy to me. Bring the boy to me. And if, my my Lord, if there's anything, parents, we can take our kids to is to take them to Jesus. We run them all over this, this earth, running them here and running them there, running them to sports, running them to this event and that event, we've gotta take them to Jesus. Not just church, we've gotta take them into the presence of God. We've gotta teach them to have an honest, genuine relationship with Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We've gotta bring our kids to Jesus. It cannot be something that they just see us do on Sunday. If your children just see you pray on Sunday, worship on Sunday, you know, engage your Bible on Sunday, it will be religion. And the best place to raise an atheist is a religious home. If you practice a religious home, you, you could very easily. Raise an atheist because it's not something we saw you do, mama, throughout the week. It's not something we saw you do, dad, throughout the week. You only did it on Sunday when other people were watching. It's gotta be something that you live, something that they see you live day in and day out. (laughs) Practice day in and day out. If you're gonna be faithful with anything, be faithful in your walk with God. You may not, money may be up and down. The economy may be up and down. Career can be up and down. Other things can be up and down, but let your faith be planted. Let your walk with God be planted. Let them see that that this is a foundation in my mother and father's life. I, I, I really attribute a lot of where I am with the Lord today because I had parents that I would wake up in the middle of the night and I'd see my mother kneeling beside my bed praying in the Holy Spirit because I was a teenager and I had lost my mind walking in the home and seeing my parents worship and I knew that this was not some act or some show, that they had a genuine relationship with the Lord. We've gotta get our kids to Jesus. He says, bring the boy to me. And Jesus asked him, how long has he been like this? He said, since he was a a child and we can't do anything with him. And he said, if there's anything you can do, Jesus says there are no ifs amongst believers. And the father says, Lord, I believe. Then he makes a statement, he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And that's really where a lot of us are and now we know why the child is unstable because the dad is unstable. See, children are terrible at doing what you ask them to do. They're the worst at it, didn't I tell you? How many times do I have to tell you? Didn't your mother tell you? If I have to tell you one more time, they're the worst at doing what you ask them to do, but they are amazing at doing what they see you do. They will do what they see you do without you even asking. If my wife and I go to a nice restaurant and we come home talking about it, guess where they wanna eat? If we go to a nice place and we come home talking about it, if I go to a football game and I come home talking about it, guess where they wanna go? What's the old saying, how do you make someone hungry? Let them watch you eat. Maybe we should, Go to our kids and say, oh my Lord, what God did in my prayer time this morning changed me. Wow. If you could have seen what God showed me in my devotional time, it would just, I can't even describe how amazing it was. When I was on a walk and the Holy Spirit just came and, and talked to me while I was on my walk or at work or, or last night, God spoke to me. See, see, God's first language is not English or Spanish. God's first language is visions and dreams. Only two people in the Bible roughly God spoke to audibly. Everybody else God spoke to in visions and dreams. That's why your kids don't understand you when you say what is God saying to you and they go I don't hear God. It's because they're listening for English English or Spanish but God speaks to them in visions and dreams. So we need to turn the doggone TV off. Turn the hate news off at least 30 minutes before we go to bed, turn off all these movies, some of them horror films, and we wonder why our kids have nightmares. Turn this stuff off and let's turn our family's heart to prayer, let's turn our family's heart to the presence of God, let's turn our family's heart to worship and ask God to speak to our children and reveal himself to our children so they have a personal experience with God for themselves because no argument can stand up against an experience And God does not have grandchildren, God has children. And he wants them to have a personal relationship with him for themselves. Jesus healed the boy immediately. The father cried out, you know, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And the disciples said, how come we could not do this? How come we could not set this boy free? And Jesus makes a statement, he says, some kind of demons, or this kind, what kind? The kind that causes your child not to be able to hear? Any parents feel like you talk to your children and they just don't hear what you're saying or they don't communicate, they shut down? This kind can only be driven out but by prayer and by fasting. That there are some spirits that come after our children that will not be broken unless parents get on the altar get on their knees in prayer and fasting and start believing God for our children, calling their name before God, prophesying over our children. One of the things the Lord told me to do years ago, he said, I want you to start prophesying over your children and and I want you to do it on Father's Day. Father's Day, I'd always get some little gift that they bought on my credit card that it didn't. (laughs) And, and, And as my children got a little older, I began to realize the thing I really want on Father's Day is influence. What I really want on Father's Day is the ability to speak into their life. You'd be shocked how many people in this room have never received a prophetic word from their parent. They've never had a father or a mother prophesy over their life. And every Father's Day, I give my children the biggest gift I give them, all years, bigger than Christmas, bigger than their, their birthday. I give them this, this really elaborate gift, and it's connected to the prophetic word that God has given me for them for the year. And I, I, well I don't wrap it, I get it wrapped real nice and I give it to them and, 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 and we read the prophecies and we're all weeping. We're all just broken on Father's Day and, and then I, I frame it and I put it in the room and I keep prophesying this over and over and over and over again and again and again because when you prophesy over your children, it literally shapes their identity. See most demonic prophecies, am I helping you? Most demonic prophecies are so short you remember it. If you were ever bullied in school, those are demonic prophecies that were spoken over you again and again and again. You're dumb, you're ugly, Nobody likes you. You're stupid. You're a failure. You're a loser. These are demonic prophecies that are spoken over our children many times, again and again and again, and they come home from school and they don't even tell us about it, and now mom and dad are silent. When the enemy opens his mouth, we need to open ours. We need to put a word against a word. Come on, somebody. When the enemy opens his mouth, open yours. You need to tell your children, you're the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are a daughter or a son of the king, and of God before you, baby. He is more than the world against you. I prophesied Jeremiah 29, 11 over you, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. You've got to open your mouth, because when parents are silent, our children die. We need to speak for what we believe. We need to declare the word of God over our children again and again and again. We've gotta practice the presence of God. We practice everything else. We practice playing sports, we practice playing house. Why don't we practice the presence of God? Teach your children to prophesy over each other. It cuts down on sibling rivalry. Get a folder on every one of your children and start writing prophetic words in Scripture over their life that when they turn 18, here's 18 years of prophetic words that your parents and grandparents and siblings have prophesied over you. On Christmas, my he was probably 10 at the time, my son Nicholas came on Christmas and he gave us all a gift. He had gifts for all of us, he wanted to go first and what he had done is he had written a prophetic word for every one of us. Even Joanna, he had given us a prophetic word. I get emotional talking about it, but he. He started going around the room and started prophesying over all of us. He got to his sister Penelope and said, God, she wears glasses, he says, God's gonna heal your eyes. He said, your name is Penelope, it has people in it. God's called you to heal people. He's only able to do that because it's something we practice. It's something that we practice because you play like you practice. And practice doesn't make perfect, practice makes permanent. Having family values in your your family. The clothes you wear, the company that made them probably has values. The car you drove her in, that company probably has values. The restaurant you're gonna eat at today probably has values. How do you not have family values? Are, Are they clear amongst your family? Because if you don't set your values, culture will set your values. If you don't set your values, the public school system will set your values. You better set your values. One of our values is God speaks to me no matter my age. Another value we have is I will do nothing consistently that consistently takes me away from God's house. So that when one of my, one of my kids loves football, when, when my son comes to me and says, I wanna play football, and he looks at the schedule and says, well, you, it's, it's every Sunday. He knows already, well, I'm not gonna be on that team because that's gonna pull me out consistently. Yes, I can miss, yes, I can miss a Sunday, I can miss, miss a Wednesday, but I, I will not do something consistently that consistently takes me out of God's house. And if you don't have that value, then the coach will tell you your values. The, the sports team will tell you about it. And hear me, parents, I'm not attacking sports. My kids play sports, I'm all for it. But we ran the numbers on this, okay? And we found out that the average parent spends annually over $2,400 a year on, on a sport, if your kid's involved with it annually, or an extracurricular activity, and you're spending up to 400 hours on this extracurricular activity, and the odds of your child taking that extracurricular activity into adulthood is 0.005% that your kid with the saxophone is gonna be Kenny G. (laughs) I, I told our church, I went into the kids' room. I went in there, I looked in there. They're not all going in the NBA. They're not all going in the NFL. I looked in that room. It's not all gonna happen, but they can all serve Jesus. They can all fulfill God's plan for their life. They can all be filled with the Holy Spirit. They can all fulfill God's destiny for their life. And I'm not saying not to do it, do it. At all means, do it. But how much time are we spending with them in prayer? How much time are we spending uh, investing in the the Word of God and resources for them to grow in their walk with God? One of the things my wife does every Easter is she resources all of the children again. New Bibles for their age, new resources for their age, new devotionals for their age. Every Easter, yes, they get the glitter flip-flops and the makeup and the candy and everything else, but what do we do to invest in them spiritually? Are we training up a child in the way they should go that when they're old they will not depart? Psalms 127 and four says, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children born of our youth. That we talk about the Bible as the sword of the Spirit and we think that's our only weapon, but it's not. You actually have another weapon and it's your children. Your children are their long range weapon in the Spirit. And when they wrote this verse about arrows, the guy who shot the arrow couldn't just run down to Dick's Sporting Goods and, and get some arrows. The guy who shot the arrow had to make the arrow. He had to make the arrow. You have to make your arrows. Your children are your arrows. They will go into, into the places that you'll never go into. They will see things you'll never see. They will accomplish things you never accomplished. They'll, they'll go into generations that you will not go into. But you have to make your arrows. You have to invest. And some of us, we have one, two, four. We don't have an unlimited supply of arrows. We have to invest into our children more than ever before to pray over them, to prophesy over them and to believe that God's ability to protect our children's innocence is greater than the enemy's ability to take it. The reality is you always have enough time for what God has called you to do. Well, I'm just so busy, I'm just so busy with this, I'm busy with that. Then maybe you're busy doing things you shouldn't be doing because you always have enough time to do what God has called you to do. And if you don't have enough time to do what God has called you to do, then you're doing things you shouldn't be doing. There was a study done on um, young men and women from from 20 to 40, a lot of men are focused on their brand. They're trying to make money. They're trying to get somewhere. They're trying to accomplish something. They're trying to do this and do this and do that. Women, on the other hand, from 20 to 40 are not focused on that statistically. They're focused on character development. They're focused on raising the children. It flips at 40. The women now have... Spent 20 years on character development. The kids are are older and now they're ready to be CEO. The men have now realized that money's not everything and I wish I could go back and reparent, but I can't, they're grown. See, the Bible says the blessings of God bringeth no sorrow. That means when you get the money, you'll still have your marriage. When you get the money, you'll still have your children. You're gonna make more money, guys, hear me. You're gonna make more money from 40 to 60 than you are 20 to 40. But you cannot go back and reparent. You cannot go back and get those years back. These are the years to invest in your family. These are the years to invest in your children. These are not your biggest money-making years. So do not, do not sacrifice your family on the altar of money or the altar of your own influence because once you get it, they'll be grown. This is the season for character development. This is the season for us to raise our children in the way they should go, that when they're old, they will not depart. And yes, they're gonna make mistakes. Yes, they're gonna have challenges. Yes, they're gonna go through the messy middle. Footnote, you cannot protect your children from their testimony. They're all gonna have a testimony but we've gotta prophesy over them. We've gotta declare the word of God over them. Do you know that the Jewish parents prophesy over their children every time they introduce them? This is Billy, our attorney. This is Sally, our doctor. They prophesy over their children from from birth, their destiny. We go to our children and say, what do you wanna be? But you don't go to God and say, God, let me do what I want. You go to God and say, God, I wanna do what you want me to do. God, I wanna be who you want me to be. God, mold me and shape me into your image. How will you know how to train up your children if you don't go to God and say, God, show me in a vision and a dream what my children should be doing in the future? God, I need you to show me as a parent what my children are gonna be in the future so I know which way to lead them and guide them and to direct them. We'll talk more about that tonight. and, and how to get God's plan and vision for your children. We'll talk more about dating tonight. Lord, help us with that, in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? But we need to be able to see. See, if you can't see, you feel. Listen to how you talk, just this week. Listen, how many times you use the word feelings? Well, oh, I just feel like this, or I just feel like that. I just feel, I feel, I feel, maybe I feel. I feel like maybe that, or I feel, I feel. You feel because you can't see. If all the lights in the room were to go out right now, do you know how you'd get out of here? By feeling. And you'd move really slow. But if you could see, you could run out of here. That's why the Bible says, write the vision, make it plain that all that see may run. That's why some of y'all are in dating relationships for years because you're feeling, because you can't see. You gotta be able to see. That's why you need to go to God and say, God, I need you, to, am I helping anybody in here? God, I need you to show me what my children should be. I need you to show me the plan and the purpose that you have for their life so that I can move without fear. And what would happen in all of our churches if parents really started praying and prophesying over their children? If parents would take the time to get healed? See, if we will take the time to get healed, our children won't have to get healed from having us as parents. Because one of the greatest gifts you can give your children is a healthy you. My wife will tell you later this afternoon when she speaks with me that we have a a marriage first family, not a kid's first family, it's marriage first. Any investment into your marriage is an investment into your children and it's an investment into your grandchildren. Sometimes I line the children, you know, I tell them, I said, hey, your mother and I are going out of town, we're gonna stay at nice places, we're gonna spend a lot of money, we're gonna eat amazing food from all over the world, and you're not gonna be there. (laughs) (laughs) I I want mommy, everybody wants mommy, you're not the only one that wants mommy. I had to line them all up one day. I lined them all up and I just looked at them in the eye and said, listen to me, I love all of you, but your mother, out of all of you, your mother is the only one I chose. (laughs) (laughs) We all know how to parent, we all know how to do it till we get in that situation. You're gonna make mistakes. Give yourself grace, let go. Give, give grace to yourself and give grace to your parents. Let go of the gravity of grace. We're good to let grace go down, but sometimes we need to let grace go up. Because you're in the process of learning yourself. I remember we were first time parents and we had all the things that, you know you think you need that you don't need and you don't know that you don't need and and so my family's from the Bahamas and so we had flown down to Florida and we were getting on this little puddle jumper little prop plane getting ready to go to Nassau Bahamas and so we get out there and we got the you know giant diaper bags and white warmers and all the nonsense that so you don't know what you need and don't need you a first time parent and, and so we get out there and she goes I got to go to we get out on the tarmac she goes I got to go to the restroom I said go on go to go to the restroom I'll give them everything so I give them the diaper bag I give them everything I I, I fold up the stroller and so she comes back out she goes where's Alexander. I said you have Alexander, you took him with you. She goes, "I don't have Alexander." Oh my gosh, you folded him up in the stroller. And I did. I didn't know he was in there. And the canopy was just over him and there was a big Eddie Bauer stroller. You just turn it and they were getting ready to put him under the plane. People are looking at us like this kid doesn't stand a chance. So we've all made mistakes. We've all blown it at some point or other in our parenting moments. But be cautious of the things that come out of your mouth. You literally shape them. You know, you shape them. To speak over them and be bold. You know, don't be shy. You know, and, I, and I, get we get, I get why we say that, but there's not a parent here that doesn't want their child to be bold and courageous. You gotta practice things with our children. We practice things with them. We practice hosting the presence of God. We practice going to someone's house. You gotta go, to some, go, go outside the house and knock on the door. And they knock on the door and I open it. How are you? Because if not, they come in and they just, You know? And then you you get in the car, leaving somebody's house, and you're like, Can't you speak up? What's wrong with you? How how many times I tell you how old you are? You don't know how old you are? We're getting on to them because we didn't practice it. But it takes time. See, you can cram for a test, but you cannot cram parenting. You're not gonna, you're not gonna like not invest in them and they get right up to 14, 15. Oh, let me hurry up and try and get it in. You're not gonna cram parenting. It is seed time and harvest. It's, it's, just, it's just what it is, there's, there's no cramming in it. It's making the time, making the investment. One of the greatest things that I think you can do is make an investment to spend time together as a family. Harvard study said eating meals together as a family leads to improved psychological health, lower rates of alcoholism, drug abuse, early sexual activity, suicide, eating disorders, making that investment. The Mayo Clinic says the average family spends minutes together a day, not not just under the same roof, but together talking. We're all on our phones, we're alone together. I'll talk to you more tonight about phones, how how we manage that. But more than ever, we've gotta make an investment. You know, the Bible says, that we ought not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as we see the day of the Lord approaching. We always use that in terms of church, but it actually goes to your first church, which is your family. That as we see the day of the Lord approaching, we need to be more together as a family. And you have to decide what your win is. That we, just, we had to sit down and write it, we had pastors coach us on this, what is your win? That when we're sitting there and, and the gray hair is in and we're sitting there in the rocking chair and we're looking out and go, we did it, we, we won. What is your win? So for us, our win is that our kids, for us, our win is that our children want to spend time with us, each other, Jesus, and his church, even when they don't have to. That's our win. So then that becomes the filter by which we make all our parenting decisions. It's not about whether they become this, or they do that, or they make that amount of money and they don't wanna talk to me. I don't, I don't wanna spend 20 years and you're in my house raising you and now you only wanna talk to me 20 minutes a year. You don't even wanna call your siblings. You don't wanna talk to your siblings. That's not a win for me. I don't care how much money you make and we, we, you're not serving the Lord. I had to decide what is my win? Where are we gonna put our efforts and our energies? making that time to invest. And the reality is, guys, 1 Corinthians 13, four and eight, I'll wrap up with this. It says, Paul tells us this famous verse, he says, love is patient. Hear me, listen, I'm 44. I I am aggressive in going after things. I have like a speed and it's like, my natural is just like, just bulldozed through everything. That's my natural, that's my normal. But Paul says love is patient. So, if I, if I move at my normal pace, let's get it done, let's get it done. Come on, hey, suck it up buttercup. We gotta go. If I, if I take my, my twin boys in and, I, and I move at my pace, I will, I will separate from them. So my pace separates me from my children. That's what it does because I move so fast, it separates me. But Paul says love is patient. So in order for me to stay connected to my children, I purposefully have to slow down and move at their pace or I will separate because that's what love requires. And hear me, hear me, please hear this. If you live long enough, you're gonna need your children to slow down for you. You do not want them to get grown and now you're older and they're like, we're going on a cruise. Well, Grandma can't do that. Well, too bad, so sad, keep up or? So I hope you raise patient children. I hope you model to them the willingness to slow down for the people you love because that's what love does. Love is patient. And for every parent in this room who feels like, man, maybe my children are not where they need to be with the Lord. They're just not with God. And sometimes when you hear things on parenting, I know how Joanne and I feel, we feel it's almost sometimes that sense of guilt. And I just want you in the room to have that grace in this room. And I know sometimes what it's like, you're trying to reach your children, but in your attempt to reach them, sometimes you push them. It's like a ring, you drop in the drain. I'm trying to reach it, but I pushed it. But I've got a, a word from God for you today. And I know what it's like to have parents who feel like, man, I'm just, I'm not hitting the mark. I'm not where I need to be with my kids. How do I navigate this? How do I do it? But Jeremiah 31:16 says this verse. It says, thus saith the Lord, refrain your voices from weeping and your eyes from tears. For your works shall be rewarded, says the Lord. All those times you brought them to church, man, is this making a difference? Every time I prayed with them at night and I prophesied over them, man, is this making a difference? I'm telling you, your works shall be rewarded, says the Lord, your works shall be rewarded says the Lord. And then it makes this, this verse. I love this verse. This is, this is a prophetic word for anyone in here who feels like their children are not where they need to be with the Lord. It says, they shall come back from the land of the enemy. I don't know who that's for today, but that's a prophetic word for every parent in here who feels like their children are not where they need to be. I prophesy over you right now that your children shall come back from the land of enemy. The enemy. I say it again. Your children shall come back from the land of the enemy. Say it with me if that's you. My children shall come back from the land of the enemy. Would you stand with me all over the house? Joshua 24 and five says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're gonna purpose in our heart to serve the Lord. And I just don't wanna end this service today without giving you that opportunity to say, am I where I need to be with the Lord? I know what it's like to be busy. I know what it's like to be consumed, just consumed and running businesses and ministry and family and children. Sometimes when I walk in the house, every time I walk in the house, I feel like I'm holding a press conference. Yes, Alexander, no, we're not doing that. Yes, Nicholas, I told you that yesterday. Yes, Isabel. about, that's no, at three o'clock. Yes, it's like I'm holding a press, I get it. But sometimes we just need our soul restored. Yeah. Right. Any parents in here know what I'm talking about? Because kids wanna, they just like wanna own your soul. But the Bible says he restoreth He restoreth my soul. And I just wanna, I wanna pray for you today. And tonight we're gonna dive into phones and dating and how do I discipline and what are the stages and how do I prophesy over my children? How do I do that? If you've got questions like that, come tonight and let, let Joanne and I just speak into you. But would you just would you just bow your head just for a moment? If you're here and you say, Pastor Jonathan, the reality is I'm, I'm just not where I need to be with him. Maybe, maybe you've prayed this prayer in the past but for whatever reason you've just kinda grown distant in your walk with God and you just say, I need, I need to rekindle that with the Lord. I, I'm not gonna be able to be the dad that he's called me to be unless I, I get right with him. I'm not gonna be the mom that he's called me to be unless I get right with him. Maybe you've never prayed this prayer. And I'm, I'm not gonna bring you down front, I just wanna pray for you right where you stand, but if that's you, I'm gonna count to three, and if that's you, would you, just, would you just lift your hand high and unashamed? Just high and unashamed. One, if you're contemplating it, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, that's two. And listen to me, I promise you, you have everything to gain and nothing to lose, that's three, would you just lift your hand? Look at all the hands, my Lord. Look at all the hands, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Can we just all pray this prayer? Together as a family, because a family that prays together stays together. Come on, let's all say it like like we mean it. Come on, say, Lord Jesus. Jesus. No, y'all said it like you need Geritol. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, Lord Jesus, Jesus. thank you for loving me. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the dead. And because you live, I can live. Today I choose you. I choose to walk in your plan and your destiny for my life and my life will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, if you believe it, would you give God a big praise this morning? Come on, all over the house.